Welcome to MuggleCast 386. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And we're joined by one of our patrons this week, one of our Slug Club supporters. Hi, Laura, hailing from New York. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's nice to have you on. I know you've been a longtime listener. You're on on a great episode because, I don't know if you heard, but a new trailer was released on Tuesday morning. Did you hear that? I did when I was at work and I wanted to watch it, but I think they would have <laughs> frowned on that, so I waited. <laughs> I had such bad luck with the trailer this morning. I naturally woke up around like 7 a.m. I'm like, okay, let me check Twitter, see if the trailer's out. And I check it like five times over the next half hour as I'm like half asleep, nothing, nothing, nothing. Then I'm like, all right, I'm going to get up, and I'm sure the trailer comes soon. I get up, and five seconds later, my boyfriend Pat texts me, trailer's out. I'm like, wait, what? I've been checking. What? what how? How is this possible? I like how Pat found it before. You couldn't even shower. I know. I couldn't shower. I couldn't make coffee. I had to run straight to my computer and blog about it. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, Laura, before we get into the trailer, and there's a lot to talk about. Um, let's get your fandom ID. How did you discover the Harry Potter series? The school book fair. And I ran out of all my money buying book one and I begged my mom for 20 more dollars so I could buy book two. And that is how I found Harry Potter. That is so cute. <laughs> yes, oh. I found it when, talk- I was, when I was in the fifth grade. I found it. So. Are you talking about one of those classic Harry Potter or sorry, scholastic book fairs yeah. in the library? And my friend told me, Laura, you have to buy this book. And I bought book one that day and I read book one that night and I begged my mom. I'm like, I know I used all my money, but you don't understand. I need to know what happens to <laughs> Harry. You don't you you really don't get it. And I have That's no amazing. Yeah. And I really don't think I mean, now I don't like and now I, I think she regrets that because I have so many Harry Potter things. She's like, where are you going to put all this stuff, Laura? But she has created a monster. So. <laughs> In- in one breath, give us your favorite Harry Potter book, movie, Hogwarts House, Silver Morning House, and in light of today's discussion, your favorite Fantastic Beast character. Okay, my favorite book is book three. My favorite movie is book, I mean, movie seven, I'm movie seven part two. Hogwarts House is a Hufflepuff. Il Morning House is a Thunderbird. Favorite Fantastic Beast character is Jacob. And is that it? Did I get them all? Yeah. Okay, very good. I think so. Nice. <laughs> good job. <laughs> so you saw Chris Child recently and Puffs. I did. And I actually saw Puffs twice because I saw it like live and in person. And then I saw it with my cousin um, who has never seen it. And we were in a Harry Potter running club together and she wanted to go see it. So I went to go see like the recording with her. And then I saw the real version by myself. But it was so fun. So awesome. So Nice. Glad to hear that. They're actually one of this week's sponsors. So oh, yeah. I would highly yeah. recommend it. It was it was a very, very fun show. And Cursed Child awesome. is amazing. If you have an opportunity to go see it, I highly recommend it. The special effects are awesome. The story, we all know about the story, but I really think it's a well-done show, and it's definitely worth all the Tony Awards that it got because it was spectacular. And you told us you might see Mary Graham Prix soon, the Harry Potter illustrator? Yeah, um, she's going to be at Books of Wonder at the end of the month, which I was astonished by. So hopefully I can wind up going there because I've never I've never seen her on tour. I never I didn't even know she did that. And I think Brian Selznick is going to be there, too. I think they're going to have a conversation. So if anyone's in Books of Wonder, you guys should or in New York, you guys should check out that event. I think it's the end of October. That's an important okay. shout out. I would not have heard of this event, surely. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's, um, and and they tend they tend to do a lot of like young adult 
book events and I go there a lot. But I, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Um, yeah. And they had a very, very cool. big presence at New York, um, the, um, the book con that I went to a couple, like a year back when we got these really cool posters of all the covers. So oh, okay. excited to get maybe a book signed by Mary. Yeah. Grand Prix. We actually <laughs> had Mary Grand Prix on the podcast. This was back on episode 172. 2009 so wow nine years ago you can ask her what she's yeah. been up to all these nine years Laura. If you <laughs> i will definitely add it to my question list say say to her say to her we're twins we both have been on muggle cast <laughs> <laughs> oh. she'll be like muggle what <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks laura again for your support on oh. patreon.com slash muggle cast we appreciate it you're welcome <laughs> So uh, just also wanted to mention that Eric and I attended our big trivia night party over the weekend. Yeah. You may remember that my team, not Eric's team, (laughs) won Harry Potter trivia night in Chicago back over the summer. And shockingly, they gave us a a party for 25 people, open bar for two hours (laughs) as the prize for winning. We couldn't believe it. Yeah. So we finally redeemed that over the weekend, and it was fun time. And I think the party ran longer than two hours, Eric. Yeah, it was. Well, it was good. we were just in conversation. It was great talking to you, get, getting to getting to know you. You know, a little of bit course. in person. We had some <laughs> but business I felt that, to discuss. Yeah, yeah, we discussed a little bit of business, which is a an overt, uh, overtly vague kind of statement there. But uh, MuggleCast <laughs> listeners will figure out what that's all about soon enough in due time. But um, yeah, it was a good time, and uh, it's. I'm looking forward. God, I'm gonna see you so often. Tomorrow we're hanging out in Chicago. I know. So for MogoCast reasons, tonight we're on this uh, trailer talk. It's just a lot of fun, fun times going on. So mm-hmm. total thrilling. And uh, shout out to Ryan as well, one of our listeners yeah. who also uh, he organized that trivia night to begin to begin with. So it's because of him that we <laughs> won. So that you yeah, drank definitely. Chat, chat with, Thanks, uh, chatted with him for a while too, and yeah, such yeah. a great guy. Yes, yes. So before we get to the Fantastic Beast trailer, let's hear about one of our sponsors this week. Well, as we mentioned, uh, the sponsor this week, which is Laura approved, is Puffs a Play, which is a great play happening off Broadway in New York City at New World Stages. For seven years, a certain boy wizard went to a certain school and conquered evil. This, however, is not his story. This is the story of the Puffs, who just happened to be there, too. A tale for anyone who has never been destined to save the world. So, for those of you who've heard us talk about this before, listen again. And for those of you who haven't, listen up. The critically acclaimed play Puffs gives you a new look at a familiar adventure from the perspective of three potential heroes just trying to make it through a magic school that proves to be very dangerous for children. Their epic journey takes the classic story to new places and reimagines what a boy wizard hero can be. I saw this play with my mom and Katie, who's uh, been a guest on our show before, in April, and I still think back on it and laugh about certain moments and uh, experiences in the play. I'm sure it's no different from you guys who've seen it. Uh, The play just makes an excellent use of their space at New World Stage, and I'm thrilled that it's still in New York 
I guess people may have missed the opportunity to see it in Australia when it was in Australia, but uh, it is still very much being put on on New World stages in New York, and I recommend that you bring yourself and other Harry Potter fans that you may know because they will get a kick out of all the timely references, good use of space, like I said, staging is great, and uh, the sense of humor. The writers are real rock stars, so I just highly, uh, highly recommend Puffs the Play. And for those of you who are listening, Puffs is offering a special ticket price for MuggleCast listeners. Visit puffstheplay.com slash MuggleCast to learn more, and you can access the special ticket price for the New York show. Once again, puffstheplay.com slash MuggleCast. Awesome. Thank you, Puffs. So let's talk about this trailer. This is the third and final trailer for Crimes of Grindelwald. <clears throat> the day before it came out, J.K. Rowling had met with a bunch of social media influencers. <sighs> not us. We are not influencers. We are just podcasters. We're not hip and cool. So she meets with these influencers and she says, listen carefully in the trailer because you're going to hear a name that you're going to want to talk about. And of course, everybody flipped out. And there were a bunch of good guesses. I guessed Ariana Dumbledore. Who did everybody else guess? Minerva. I think I guessed Minerva. Oh, Minerva. That would have been a good one. Micah, who did you guess? I went with Fox, but I thought that uh, your guess of Ariana was probably the best one. Yeah. But apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> it was still a beast. That, that was my big thing is that it had to be a beast at the end of the day. Because this is Fantastic Beasts, after all. I Oh, Tom Riddle was another one that a lot of people yeah. guessed. But I just think too soon. You can't you can't bring yeah. Voldemort into the picture, even though they kind of did in, with Nagini. But yeah. I, I just thought that would be way, way, way too soon. I agree. Voldemort is three months old. He is a baby when this film is out. If he's on anybody's radar now, it is at a detriment to the original Harry Potter series canon. <laughs> and that person's fault. And that yeah. person's fault, yes, for not stopping somebody. So I guess we'll start with that. That is definitely the biggest thing that we get from this trailer. There's a lot of, there's a lot happening in the trailer. Um, much of it we've seen before, but yeah. So Nagini. So what happens is Credence like kind of whispers Nagini, <laughs> <laughs> and he's whispering it at Claudia Kim, who is transforming into. Nagini as we know her, the snake. So this character played by Claudia Kim, we've known she's been in this movie, but we never knew her character's name. And in fact, we actually did speculate, I think a few months ago, that she might be playing Nagini. That may have been Micah. I'm not sure, but I heard some people saying that we've brought it, it up. It was an old fan theory. She, we, The promotional materials called her the Maledictus, and that was all it was, that she's somebody with a blood curse that makes her transform into a snake, like we said, um, and the theory was because it's a snake, well, any snake that we know, question mark, question mark. Right. And she might be actually the, in some of the materials or maybe an old promo poster or something that's in the movie known as the Incredible Snake Girl. Yes. Or something like we that. We did talk about that. Yeah. So I I seem to recall, I, I, I don't think any one of us can take credit for originating the idea. No. But somebody definitely reached out to us on social and was like, hey, here's a crazy like crack by theory, uh, which turned out to be true. So what we also learned today is that the Maledictus, not an Animagus, she is a Maledictus. A lot of people were thinking, oh, she's an Animagus. No, 
says J.K. Rowling. She is a maledictus. Carrier of a blood curse that destines her ultimately to transform into a beast. So right now, in the timeline of Crimes of Grindelwald, she is able to switch back and forth. And that's her circus attraction, so to speak. That's her, that's her trick. But one day, and Claudia Kim described it as a ticking time bomb, she is going to transform to a snake and there is no turning back. So um, there was also a poster released today for Nagini. And her tagline is "Aiding a fugitive," which is interesting, and we should talk about today. What eating, eating, eating a fugitive? Aiding, aiding, e- oh, aiding. <laughs> oh, oh. You know, she doesn't get to the eating people until the nineties. Yeah, well, that we say. know of. We're not at that stage yet, Eric. Let's e- eating a fugitive. Okay, no right. eating in this movie. Oh, eating, why not? Eating. I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't. Eating. I wouldn't. Hey, I, I was just thinking. Okay, she turns into a beast. So here we go. Here's another reason why the title "Fantastic Beasts" makes sense. Well, it would have made sense for Ariana as well because Ariana was an obscurial by our best guesses, mm-hmm. and that is what makes Credence a beast also, or sort of a beast. I mean, Credence is a beast, but yeah, it's just kind of, it would have made sense for us to get Ariana before anyone else because we know that she already is sort of destined to appear in this film. If you have Dumbledore and Grindelwald in this series, it makes sense to discuss what had caused their falling out. But Nagini works too. Mm-hmm. Laura, yeah. what do you make of all this? I'm unlike Eric. I really like the whole Nagini thing because I think it's really interesting to see her backstory. I think it's interesting. Wait, I who think... says I didn't like it? Didn't you say... A long time ago, you said you, you, you didn't want that theory to come true. Am I, mis- am oh, I misremembering? Okay. I might be no, listening. I don't think no. you are. I think you're Our probably. Our listeners right. know way more than we do, or remember way more. <laughs> it's than true. Do. It's true. But I don't know. I but I don't know. I think it's a kind of a nice connection. I guess I'll I'll like I can make up my final mind when I see like what it becomes like later in the series. But I don't know. I think it's kind of a cool tieback. I mean, I really like. It's kind of like with the fox thing. I hope we see that moment, or if that comes true. But I don't know. I like it. I think that it's definitely an interesting way to get to Nagini. Because she can't transform back, but I don't know. I like it. But then again, I'm really easy to please. So. <laughs> <laughs> I am very curious to learn more about this because it raises a lot of questions about how Voldemort came to encounter Nagini. Prior to today, all we knew was that Voldemort discovered Nagini in a forest in Albania. Yeah, and I think it really... For me, I just remember hearing about it this morning. I initially thought it was like cool, it, mostly that our that the theory that we had been talking about and devoted so much time to talking about what if actually came true. That will never fail to excite me, regardless of how I feel about it. Uh, and then also, I remember thinking, well, now the rest of the series storyline wise is pretty much like now we kind of have to see Voldemort meeting Nagini because that'll be a big emotional sort of um, con- conclusion or climax to Claudia Kim's character's journey. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. you know, so, so it doesn't, we're going to, you know, she is a character that we know, you know, we know what happens to them. She's destined to get her head uh, severed from her body uh, by Neville. <laughs> Neville Longbottom is destined to kill her. So we're going to have to see, there's going to be a, in one of these films, at least maybe not the fifth one, but there's going to be a parting shot, which will be very significantly the last time we see her before she shows up again, you know, as 
uh, in movie four. Mm-hmm. I guess my question is maybe like when in this series does she turn? Will it be this movie and not be able to turn back or will it be later? I guess I'm just curious of the timeline of when she turns and doesn't come back. So that's my curiosity. Yeah. Like, and it's, and it's going to be really emotional because based on what we've seen from promo so far, Nagini and Credence seem to be pretty close to each other. They could possibly be developing feelings for one another or maybe their closeness is just based on being these other creatures that they don't want to be. They're both cursed. Poor Credence. That will, oh, that, that will be so sad. And, and the other thing is that we're never going to be able to read... Nagini scenes in the books or watch them <laughs> the same way again. Now you might feel a little bad that Neville cut off Nagini's head. <laughs> she used to be a woman. Oh, yeah. you could, no, I don't yeah. want to like Nagini. And, oh dear. Well, that's that's yeah. And and this this plays into the fact that we need to know more about how Voldemort came into came to encounter Nagini because yeah. how how did Nagini become loyal to Voldemort? Yeah. And this is something a lot of people are concerned about right now. Is Voldemort controlling Nagini? Well, that's kind of weird. He's 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 controlling a woman pl- played by a person of color, and that's not sitting well with some people so far. So, yeah, well the one one of the few Here's how it is even without Voldemort in the picture. One of the few vol- women of color, one of the few persons of color to be in these films plays a character whose agency is taken mm-hmm. from her. Oh, um, she no matter what that Voldemort doesn't even do that. It's because she's turning into a beast, presumably will not be able to think or feel or do anything the way humans do eventually. Um, that's really unfortunate as a character. I mean, as a character to play a character who is kind of a victim in that way and being victimized by a blood curse, being ravaged by a blood curse and and having your free will sort of taken away. Then comes all this uh Voldemort stuff you know was she I I think it might be less sad if she has the agency as Nagini to serve Voldemort I think it could also come from a really sad place of maybe there's a dormant period where she runs away to Albania um, for decades and then Voldemort is really the only human being that can communicate with her that you know I I think um, Mm. my Twitter mentions today somebody was saying you know, I, I would probably be willing to do a lot of questionable things for a person if that person were the only person who could speak to me and understand me. That's a great point. That because is true. not a lot of people can speak parcel tongue. Credence can't. And that's going to end up being the nail in the... Like when, you're, when you ask the question about timeline, uh, you know, and, and when this is going to happen. It's going to be, we know JK Rowling at this point, it's going to be the period of maximum uh, heartache, right? When, when Credence most needs a companion to speak to, you know, to talk him through, she's going to be a snake and he can't talk to her. And it's going to, it's going to hurt the most. Well, I'm going to try and put a little bit of a different spin on this because one of the things that we know that Credence has been able to do is harness his own power. He's proven it, and presumably no other Obscurus that has come before him has been able to do it. None of them have lived to this age. Uh, Wouldn't it be interesting if that is what he is able to teach Nagini to be able to do 
even if it's only for a period of time, uh-huh. to hold off this blood curse. Hmm. Hmm. I love so that that idea. Oh, I like she that too. That would be awesome. Transform, and she doesn't, you know, lose all of her ability. Now, of course, we know that there's going to come a point where something is going to happen where she does fully transform. Maybe it's something that happens to Credence. And maybe that's sort of the the tipping off point. The other part of this, too, is that Nagini presumably is the only thread right now that we have between these two films, series, right? Particularly connecting Grindelwald and Voldemort. Because I'm assuming at some point she's going to side with Grindelwald. (laughs) And the Maledictus. To connect those two, yeah, to connect those two dark wizards together. And, and learn her story, it's going to be very, very cool to watch. Yeah. I want a scene at some point where Nagini, in human form, walks by Neville's great-great-grandparents, <laughs> just <laughs> casually, <laughs> accidentally, <laughs> just for the fans. They, they don't have to talk, but just for the fans. <laughs> the... The interesting thing that um, happened right after this post... Andrew, you mentioned J.K. Rowling tweeted up a storm she did uh, afterwards she actually a lot of what she talked about was explaining how maledictus's work which is um kind of important so i mean it's details that aren't like they're so superfluous but like they really help us kind of guess a little bit more and but two quick tweets i want to read here because i think they clear up a lot of issues somebody asked her would lycanthropy be a strain or branch of maledictus since it's a blood curse or is it its own thing entirely? She replied, There are different conditions. Maledictuses are always women, whereas werewolves can be of either sex. The maledictus carries a blood curse from birth, which is passed down from mother to daughter. So that's an interesting bit of knowledge that we should store in our minds for later. Um, you know, this could have happened to the maledictus's mom, even. Maybe there's another snake slithering around somewhere that used to be, you know, Claudia Kim's character's mother. I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, and then the interesting thing is that somebody named Nina said a maledictus is predestined to be evil. They were born that way kind of speak. And JK Rowling replied, not at all. The slow transformation into a beast is beyond their control, but they aren't destined to be evil. And that could apply to Credence as well, maybe. Just in terms of somebody being destined to be evil. It's just she's kind of saying that this character, Nagini, especially as a human, isn't necessarily evil. Even though we know that Nagini is such a loyal follower of Voldemort's in the future um, and eats his food for him. Uh, or eats. Well, you know. th- that also may go back to the point that you were raising earlier loyalty could be forced upon her as opposed to her being willingly loyal Mm -hmm. and she might not be evil now but you she has to turn evil at some point right like whether i actually agree with that or otherwise because look at what she's doing in the harry potter books (laughs) well and voldemort trusts her with a a piece of his soul the implication being that uh, if a if another person were given 
part of your soul that they could presumably destroy it. Uh, and that's why it's a big trust issue. Harry is an exception to that rule. But Dumbledore, you know, when Dumbledore and Harry have that conversation of Nagini, Voldemort, Snake, they're abnormally close. You get the feeling that somebody wouldn't be abnormally close to Voldemort if they weren't into him. Mm-hmm. But that that's exactly why this revelation is so problematic is, you know, will she lose her agency or will her character motivations be such a way that that not just Grindelwald but Voldemort is the only way for her that will she be so either scorned by the events of these films that she really seeks Voldemort out or will we she's really opened up a can of worms in terms of you know saying Nagini's not uh or Maledictuses are not evil necessarily mm. by kind of having to show us now a Maledictus that is not evil Another thing that J.K. Rowling said on Twitter was, so somebody tweeted her, how long have you been holding that Nagini secret? And J.K. Rowling said, only for around 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have to ask, do we believe that J.K. Rowling has truly had this in her head or on a post-it note? No. Yeah, I don't believe believe it either. Well, because technically, if she's had this secret all this time, then she knew that technically Nagini was a human, right? At some point. So technically, Nagini would have two souls, like Harry was. So I don't know. I think that that's the thing that's tricking me up. Because technically, Nagini would be kind of like Harry, in a sense. Because they both have souls. Interesting. I mean, unless it, her, unless, unless that's not right, and maybe I got it wrong. Well, I could see J.K. Rowling somehow walking around that. <laughs> I'm sure she could. I can, I can see. I be, I tend to believe her. I tend to. Th- I I really do actually believe. But plenty of people are skeptical, and that's fair. Yeah. Um. But I unless she pulls out a piece of parchment. <laughs> With this written on it, yeah, from oh, 1999. A, then a napkin from the elephant house. Yeah. No, I think really what it is, Eric, is she said to herself after all these years, he, she didn't escape from the uh, zoo. <laughs> she escaped from the circus. <laughs> yeah, people really. Yeah. It's it's yeah. That's... It's unfortunate that her character now is in some form of captivity. And that she's destined for sort of an eternal life of captivity. Um, that's also a very unfortunate tragedy to befall any character in in a movie series written by J.K. Rowling. The zoo thing that resurfaced today because every a lot of people thought that that was <laughs> Nagini in the zoo scene in the first book through the glass case that oh. Harry talks to. And J.K. Rowling says, no, no, I thought I put this to bed a while ago. That was not Nagini in the zoo. Everybody was like, but wait a second, Nagini's in the zoo. <laughs> she answered this on her old website. She figured, you know, and it was a it was a boy boa constrictor and it was not Nagini. She, you know, she said you know why everybody believed it? It was one of those stupid Facebook memes that you see. Yeah. Crazy yeah. Harry Potter fan theory revealed. That was Nagini behind the glass of the zoo. Then everybody's minds was blown because it was like, oh, my God, classic J.K. Rowling foreshadowing. (laughs) Exactly. It would also call into question why Dumbledore would not have maybe recognized 
Nagini at all? Oh. Yeah, this is a big... J.K. Rowling made this bed. She's got to lay in it in terms of, now, tell a thrilling narrative, I dare you. Tell a thrilling narrative to that will allow it, the series of circumstances that will allow Dumbledore to never interact with Nagini. Either because as a person he or a wouldn't snake. be able to, because then he'd know... Exactly. Huh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, now that she's laying sort of traps for herself. She could create plot holes by by all of these characters being interwoven. I'm not worried. I mean, J.K. Rowling yeah. does this for a living, guys. But I think that it's it's I will be ready to pounce and extremely dissatisfied the second that there's like some major scene between Dumbledore and Nagini and then later in the Harry Potter books he doesn't recognize her. Um, I I can't necessarily yeah. see why Dumbledore and Nagini would be face to face in this film series as things stand right now. However, you have to think that Dumbledore, thanks to the events of this film, would at least be aware of her. Micah, yeah, can you imagine? Can you can do you have in mind a situation in the Harry Potter books where he would have made that connection but didn't? It's hard to even think about that right now because I don't know that there was ever a moment that the two of them would have crossed paths. It He may have just be aware of the fact that Nagini exists but not have the context as to who she is. I mean and if like, somebody so much as mentions her name in front right. of them, and that's kind of a, a problem right By now. the way I was saying to Laura before recording isn't it weird to say Nagini and refer to a human because for the past 15 years we've been thinking of Nagini as an animal <laughs> so every time I say Nagini I'm thinking about a snake but I'm like well wait a second I'm referring to a human now even this poster <laughs> I look at this poster and it says Nagini and it's got a human I'm like whoa my mind is being bent <laughs> and as far as them interacting in the Fantastic Beast film one thing that kind of tripped my mind a bit was I was looking at the trailer. If you go to two minutes and one second, there's a host of characters and it very much looks like, despite what Eddie Redmayne said in interviews, that they're on the bridge leading into Hogwarts but I'm assuming that it's the amphitheater, which may have been designed in much the same way but I don't know if you guys had a chance to take a look at that. It's a shot of, I think it's Newt uh, Nagini, Jacob, and a few others, and I think they're about to go somewhere. Where that is, though, it it does look very much like Hogwarts. Jacob Theseus goes. And, and, yeah. Jacob goes to Hogwarts. <laughs> kind of question, question, question. That is but that, Nagini, bl- that blows yeah. my mind. That is really, oh my god, Jacob gets to go to Hogwarts. Maybe. Oh my god. Maybe <laughs> I, this to me, this particular shot, I, I agree. It looks like that bridge in Deathly Hallows Part 2 at the end where Harry throws the Elder Wand over the ledge. But to me, it looks like a morning after scene because Nagini is wearing like a coat over her, which kind of implies that it's cold, maybe like a cold morning. Newt just kind of looks disheveled. Everybody looks tired and worried. It just looks like something you would see at the very end of the movie after some battle or something. Well... If that's true, then Theseus might survive this film. Yeah. Which I think is still a huge, huge question. Huge, huge question. But also worth noting is that Queenie is not in this scene. Again and again, we do not see Queenie with other characters. 
Credence is not either. No. Well, he's he's uh, turned into a wisp again, and he's flying somewhere. He's <laughs> flying to the setting of the third movie. <laughs> so another question I had about Nagini was... She's at the she's at the circus. If she knows she has this blood curse and she does know it, why is she spending her remaining years in the circus? Like, don't you want to go do something a little more fun, live your life a little bit more? It seems a little strange to be hanging out at the circus right before you're permanently turning into an evil snake. Depending on where she's at in her life in terms of accepting it, maybe she. Feels like an outcast, so she's with other outcasts. Or, I mean, I think in certain ways, uh, she would have had to have been raised to understand what her deal is, like what her future is. Mm -hmm. I would hope. Uh, And wizards, on a whole, are sort of free from some of the same constraints we would have. Like, we can't just like go and rough it without some skills. But if you have a little bit of magic, you can do shelter and food. And like the basic human needs. So I would say she could kind of run off if she wanted to and live in the countryside and do human stuff for a while. Right. But maybe maybe that's why she's where she is. I wouldn't assume she's there necessarily by choice. Mm. I, if, if we look at some of the other beasts that have been shown, uh, they've looked like they've been in captivity, right? The one that was in shackles. There's a bunch that are kept in cages. Uh, This Skender guy doesn't seem like he treats uh, people and and beasts very humanely. So she could be blackmailed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume that she's there uh, by choice or, or maybe it's just the fact that this is one of the only jobs that she can find. and, And, you know, she's able to use, what she's going through as, as a means to an end. Yeah. I always thought that she was like that all those animals, like all those people in the circus, that they were like held hostage. Maybe I, maybe, 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 maybe no, that was my I, own, maybe that I was agree. my own, my own head cannon, but I always assumed that they were there against their will. That but could be. I don't know. That was what I thought. So, well, Jake, uh, the Davids actually, I mean, a lot of our, Going back and reading some of these interviews that have come out over the last couple months um, have, would really change, I think, a lot. Or we could do with a, a relook, but they've talked about Skender before, and I, I don't yet know that we've even seen his face in a trailer. But this is a guy who's got tra- – like his character arc is, or his character um, identity is pretty much laid out. He's not a good guy, and the interviews have all talked about how not a good guy Skender is and how – yeah, he he probably blackmailed the maledictus into being there. Like I 100% believe that based on former interviews. The the interviews also say that the worlds are colliding with this movie and that uh this movie will will really in no small way bring the two series together. And I think now we know why. I have a crazy theory. Could that guy could he have sold Nagini to Voldemort? Mm. Well, Voldemort's three months old. Well, no, I later, mean, like, later, the, later. I mean, like later, like in the future. <laughs> I don't that, know. I don't know. Just a what? Just a crazy thought. Yeah, Maybe well, that. I mean, Nagini could be, be in being... captivity for decades potentially. 
Yeah. But so but that's so problematic. Yeah, it is problematic. But it is also, problematic. I, as far as we know, Voldemort found her in a forest, right? So maybe not. True. Or maybe not. All right. So so let's leave it at that for now. On Nagini. Yeah, I I want to say one more thing, uh, which is that if J.K. Rowling did know twenty years ago, I'm not surprised that she didn't put it in Harry Potter, um, because I think it would have muddied the waters a little bit or muddied muddled the whole thing up a little bit more than it needed to be in terms of the bad guys and the good guys. J.K. Rowling made good efforts to show gray areas with characters like Snape or maybe Umbridge, but uh. You know, really, the series was limited to the story that needed to be told, and I'm okay with this never coming up. Uh, I would still believe that J.K. Rowling knew it in the back of her mind, even though it never came up. But the challenge now is going to be to write stories in such a way that it doesn't remove this character of everything she's got going and is not, you know, as problematic. Yeah. I don't think people are saying that it should have been in the Harry Potter books because obviously she, over the years, she developed a lot of information for the series that she just couldn't fit in. And that's one reason she said that she would one day create an encyclopedia. But I I think the question is, like, how much did she know? If it's true, she had some parts of this in her head two decades ago. What parts were those? Like, was it just that Nagini used to be human? Is that it? it that has to be it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I That's what I think. I don't think it could be anything yeah. more than that. I, I There's no way that this entire Fantastic Beast backstory was was written 20 years <laughs> ago. With and, and like I said, unless she pulls out the pen and paper and, and, and proves uh, that uh, this was all written down somewhere... I just have a hard time believing, but then again, this is J.K. Rowling, so anything is possible. I think her. something like Nagini used to be a human, that could have been in her head. I think the larger Dumbledore Grindelwald story could have been in her head, somewhat detailed. The the newt stuff that we're seeing right now with him and his friends, no. Yeah. Just broad strokes and fun character tidbits. It's funny how like quickly she was to like start talking about this, but we're still wondering about like Voldemort and Bellatrix. <laughs> She's yet to comment on that. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, well, this is a different, <laughs> different what? I a mean, couple of other tweets. We we yeah. we none of us have paid to see this movie yet, and we're already learning a ton about it. Meanwhile, let's keep the secrets, keep the secrets, keep the secrets about Bellatrix and Voldemort. <laughs> Well, you want to talk about Keep the Secrets, uh, Cursed Child, somebody brought up that in The Cursed Child, uh, Astoria Malfoy uh, it has a blood curse. She dies from having a blood curse. Yes. And so maybe Credence and the Maledictus are her parents or grandparents. Could be. Could be, but I don't know. That, then the question is, was the blood curse... In Cursed Child, written by J.K. Rowling, or was that written by Jack Thorne? Who knows? True. I don't know. So we have more to get to in this trailer, but how about first we hear from our next sponsor, Mike? Are you able to do that now? Of course, Andrew. I think we need to lighten the mood a little bit. Yes. True. I need a break. <laughs> Too intense. <laughs> Too intense. But uh, today's episode is also brought to you by Bombas. 
and Bombas has totally re-engineered socks with comfort innovations that add up to one way more comfortable pair of socks. Two years of research and development led to multiple improvements of the sock design, performance, and comfort, including an arch support system that provides extra support where you need it most and feels like a hug around your foot, a cushioned footbed, stay-up technology, and super soft cotton. They honestly feel like your feet just got a massage. And whatever you love to do, there's a pair of Bombas that'll add comfort to your life as you do it. They were created for runners, power walkers, podcasters, wizards, and overall lovers of everyday comfort. Now, I've worn several pairs of Bombas to work, and it's amazing how comfortable they are compared to normal dress socks. They don't fall down all the time either. Your feet feel comfortable all day long, and they have some really great designs for listeners to choose from. But I'd say the part that I love the most about Bombas is that for every pair purchased, one is donated. So I just wanted to ask you guys, did you know that socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters? No. I believe it. So that's why Bombas donates one brand new pair of socks for every pair they sell. To date, they've donated more than 9 million pairs of socks. That's fantastic. So... By taking advantage of this offer, you're also helping a great cause. MuggleCast listeners get 20% off their first order. All you have to do is head on over to bombas.com slash MuggleCast. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com, and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just use code MuggleCast. I love mine, too. They are super comfortable. I got to get a pair. Yeah. Eric, you can borrow a pair of mine. <laughs> oh. Give you some fresh for ones. sharing socks. <laughs> sharing socks. Socks remind me of... Uh... Socks remind me of the Mirror of Erised, and yes. we got some of that in this trailer. Wow, what a transition. Yeah, so another big revelation in this third and final Crimes of Grindelwald trailer is that Jamie Campbell Bauer and Toby Regbo are back as young, young Grindelwald and young, young Dumbledore. <laughs> so Young, in young. The fr- <laughs> well, because we got young Dumbledore, so... We yes, also got to we got to differentiate. We got young young. I love it. Um so these two played the same characters in the Harry Potter movies. You probably remember Jamie Jamie Campbell Bower playing Grindelwald because he was in a couple of flashbacks, but Tony Toby Regbo and Jamie Campbell Bower were in a photo together. And I guess it was one of the Deathly Hallows movies. Yeah, in seven. It was in it was in seven. As Dumbledore and Grindelwald. So it's pretty cool that they invited them back to do these scenes. And this seems to be the same exact scene where Jude Law and Johnny Depp's Dumbledore and Grindelwalds are looking into the mirror of Erised, but there's these quick flashes of their younger selves. Well, and and I, I we talked I love that we talked about this when we got the first Miravera said in the in the trailer. I don't know if that was trailer two or trailer one. I'm forgetting at this point. Uh, where the la- where last we saw the first part of this. This is more of like an extended scene. We asked the question: Well, wouldn't Dumbledore see Grindelwald when he was younger and actually more attractive? Not this ugly, you know, older Johnny Depp. But but it looks now it looks now like there's going to be some kind of a throwback flashback because the the shot in this movie that shows that these young actors are back is also them looking in the mirror. So I think maybe they'll 
go between maybe there will be even like some dialogue between their past and future selves or something with with Dumbledore but I think it's cool as hell that they are cast the same actors again I I love it and hopefully this time throughout the next couple films they'll be able to actually do some acting yes so hopefully we'll finally get that scene that fight involving Ariana I I think this sets that up because we know these two are game to come back, which is fantastic. Yeah. I love how they both look as Grindelwald and Dumbledore. And now they'll appear in future films and more casual moviegoers will be like, oh yeah, I remember them from Crimes of Grindelwald. And now we understand why they uh, are trying to reach at each other through the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're definitely going to see that moment though with Ariana in that fight. I mean, I, I mean... I mean, now I think it's pretty obvious, but I think hopefully we'll see that in future movies because I think that that scene would be really interesting to watch. Yeah. I wonder if they'll get the same actors who played her portrait in the... Uh, <sighs> I mean, let's hope so. Like, if I'm invited to do a Harry Potter movie, I'm I'm probably not going to say no. Like, I don't know if these two really have active acting careers anymore, but, like, I would answer that call and say, hell yeah, I'm coming back. Yeah. Well, I, I actually will answer that question. Toby Rigbo, somebody was telling me today, uh, he was on the, the show Rain, the series Rain, which is fairly popular. He played the King of France um, for a while. And Jamie Campbell Bower is much more well-known on our side of the pond. But both are active actors. You know the funny story? There's actually these two attended a gay pride party uh, at the end of June together, <sighs> if you look back, one of our patrons, Mark New, posted this. Uh, they were just there's a photo on a red carpet of a gay pride fest, and they're there together, and <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. Side eye, side eye, uh, you know, nod, wink, wink, kind of thing for the actors who play Dumbledore and Grindelwald yeah. to be together at this kind of an event, and. Why? They, they must why? Have been why are they attending touch? a gay event together? Toby Regbo's wearing a rainbow shirt that says "Choose Love." They I'm must in love. Be, this shows that they probably know each other better now and and have just been <laughs> on set together. No, I'm saying behind. I'm not saying. I'm saying that. I know. Uh, I'm being immature. This shows that you know they have a professional relationship again. I just love that there is that one, and it's not who you'd expect. Like the actor who came back, you know, to, to do both series. This is a bi- as big a bridge of the two series, having the same actor play the same role in both series as the Maledictus uh, Nogini reveal, I think. It just, it works on several levels. So I'm, I'm thrilled that they weren't too old at this point. It has been 10 or 11 or 12 years since the final Harry Potter f- film filmed, and the, that, that they can get Jamie Campbell Bower to still play young Grindelwald, that he's still what they want. In yeah. the role is important and impressive. So, do you guys think that now we've had these scenes that it's possible that the Dumbledore Grindelwald thing will become more explicit or explicit as the movies go on? Because they yes. said that it wasn't going to happen now, but now I'm kind of convinced that it is. So, d- during J.K. Rowling's tweet storm today, she said. Somebody asked J.K. Rowling, are we going to know more about Grindelwald and Dumbledore's past in this film or in the next ones? And J.K. Rowling said, some in this movie, more in the rest. So 
Yeah, we are going to hear more, Laura. Oh, you know, I'm, and, oh, I'm excited. <laughs> and and I think the the groundwork outside of obviously this scene is being laid in the fact that th- this line that we've heard trailer after trailer that Dumbledore cannot move against Grindelwald. I'm I'm more and more convinced it has to do with their relationship and and something that happened between the two of them that is causing him I don't know I don't know if it's magic spe- specific or if it's emotion related but I think that that is also going to be part of what you know plays out moving forward yeah for what it's worth we haven't talked about these and we might not have time to today but a bunch of crimes of Grindelwald character posters came out the day before the trailer and Dumbledore's says his tagline says under surveillance Hmm. So that could maybe play into the whole I can't move on him, maybe because people are watching me. But yeah, Mike, I hope you're right. Yeah, I guess. That's I what I don't understand be... though. It, he's under surveillance, but don't they want Grindelwald to be called? And he's Dumbledore. Mm. Like surveillance doesn't work on him in book five or in book six. Right. So who's monitoring him? Maybe it's yeah. not the ministry. We're kind of Maybe assuming it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. I think it's an excuse. I think that that he can't move on Grindelwald has to be related to like an unbreakable vow or something, you know, ridiculously complicated stemming from the past, like you guys are saying. Ooh, uh, I love that. that. I love the... His ridi- sister was killed. Sorry. Oh, no, I was saying I like that if maybe he's... Un- like, maybe he made an unbreakable vow that I won't try to, like, do something to you or try to interfere or something that would be that's pretty much like a wedding vow you know like yeah yeah cherish and hold and he he can't he can't move against uh grindelwald jazzy who's listening live on patreon she brings up a good point maybe one of the times when grindelwald was caught he implicated dumbledore and that's why he's under surveillance uh, that could be fun dumbledore did it too that makes <gasps> he sense did. okay it was even Dumbledore's idea. Oh, God, all he has to say is it was Dumbledore's <laughs> idea. And and the fun thing about that, though, honestly, the fun thing is once Dumbledore does rise up and defeat Grindelwald, these bygones will be bygones. Like, people people in the future may not remember, and Rita Skeeter has to unearth the idea that Grindelwald and Dumbledore were friends, but maybe many more people in this day and age can openly be aware of the idea that they knew each other and were friends. And I think yeah. he'd ultimately tell newt as such and maybe that's why he's under surveillance is because of their uh, close relationship yeah i think we've solved it guys i think we, <laughs> we solved it but uh, related uh on twitter again jk rowling somebody tommy said to her wait so even experienced aurors can't take grindelwald down but dumbledore expects a magi zoologist who got expelled from hogwarts to do it and she replies, I could write you an essay in response to this, but it would give you the whole plot of the Fantastic Beasts franchise, so not going to dot dot dot. Um, <laughs> the the reasons and as we watch this trailer it'll 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 also, you know, this will be a question according to JK Rowling that we're asking this whole time. Why not only can Dumbledore not move against Grindelwald? But why does he trust Newt to do it? Why is why does it have to be Newt? Or why does he want it to be Newt? And I think she said somewhere else today, although I won't find it because it'll take too long, that, you know, 
really these next five films are going to bring you the the idea that that she said in that tweet that the the reasons why he chooses Newt or is working with Newt and expects that Newt can do it would give away the plot of all five films, then, you know, maybe there is just more to it. I think we're just being asked to be patient about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about some other elements in this trailer. The trailer opens up with some... Well, actually, no, it doesn't open up with the Grindelwald remarks. It opens up with Dumbledore offering Newt a safe house in France. Now, somebody pointed out, and I'm sorry, it might be somebody in the chat. I can't remember where I read this, but somebody pointed out. It's in the notes. Oh, oh. I, I put it in the notes. <laughs> That's where. Micah, wh- wh- what do you think's going on in this scene? I'm guessing that the safe house belongs to Nicholas Flamel. Same. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Makes sense to me. The way that he says, like, cup of tea or something implies that it's somebody lives there and will make you that tea. And that that person is very old. And is very smart. So um, after that, we get some good lines from Grindelwald. He wants to free all wizards, take them out of hiding. He says, join me or die. (laughs) And he kind of delivers it that way. Johnny Depp, I got to be honest, he's really growing on me. I like his wand work in the trailers. I like... The way he plays the character, I still find him a little offensive to look at, but but I think he plays a very confident wizard. I And I have to agree. <laughs> and I don't want to agree, but I have to agree. I think he's playing the character very, very well. These uh, lines are the ones that he uh, opened with at uh, Comic-Con, at San Diego Comic-Con. The whole brothers and sisters thing. You know, his speech is presumably a pretty big speech that he gives in this film. Yeah. And the uh, the sort of transition scene of, of him being led out of the jail and then breaking out, I thought, from what we've been able to get a glimpse of so far, looks really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, he's he's standing out of the carriage as it's in flight in the deep rain and... Honestly, this for the first 45 seconds to a minute of this trailer are Grindelwald in, in tons of scenes in, in action, really. Um, yeah, and he, he looks good in all of them. Like I said, I think his wand work is pretty darn impressive. So I am looking forward to seeing him in an expanded role. We only got a very brief glimpse of him in the first movie. So... um. A couple moments later, we get some interesting insight into Newt. He says that he doesn't pick sides. Ugh. And he says that when he's speaking to his brother. And his brother's like, well, what the hell? You got to pick a side. And Dumbledore <laughs> says a moment later that he admires Newt because Newt only wants to do what is good, what is right. So first of all, this whole I don't pick sides thing. I mean, come on. You sound like Donald Trump here. <laughs> there are good people on both sides. <laughs> no, <laughs> you got to pick a side, Newt. You can't always be the good guy, the guy walking the the line. I don't know that this characterization is consistent with what we know about him from the first Fantastic Beasts film. When Graves is interrogating Newt, Newt has a pretty clear alignment 
and it is against the whole he even scoffs at for the greater good he scoffs at what grindelwald is doing to people around the globe and he tells graves as much or grindelwald right to his face so i don't think grindelwald has any concerns about whether newt will be malleable or turning to his side anytime soon i think he already knows it's a lost cause and we as the audience i'm just surprised by this uh this comment that that Newt himself makes, I don't pick sides. Yes, you do, Newt. Like <laughs> you absolutely do. Maybe he doesn't like picking sides, though. Mm. Yeah, reluctant hero type thing. Yeah, but is it just to be the reluctant hero, or is it because sides divide more than bring together? I mean, here's a man who is psychologically competing with people, trying to get people not to kill these tons of beasts that are out there in the world. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, he maybe doesn't just want to deal with people at all. That's why he turns to beasts. Maybe that's, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. I don't think Newt, I I don't think Newt's very comfortable dealing with people. So I think any single time he has to make any choices about humans, I think he becomes very, very introverted. So I don't Mm, think he likes making choices, period. Yeah. Yeah. We also get a couple of new shots of Hogwarts. Nothing super exciting, considering we've already seen it a couple times. But there is this nice little shot of students walking outside of the uh, outside of Hogwarts Castle. And what's that in the background? It's the Quidditch pitch and some practicing going on. I thought it was really nice that that Quidditch is going to make a little bit of a cameo, especially because. One critique of the movies has always been that we didn't get enough Quidditch, at least not as much as we saw in the books. So this well, is know kind of like a bone. You know they're setting it up for uh, Quidditch Through the Ages, the spinoff series. Keep uh, dreaming. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will keep dream- dreaming, you guys. Quidditch is back on film. You know what that means? They had to <laughs> hire actors, dress them up in Quidditch gear, do the CGI. You 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 no, mean to they, tell me they, that? They, I mean, they had to do a very little amount of that. You're acting like it was a whole big thing. Like it was uh, probably mostly CGI. They made that. Don't don't presume just because actors. they're one inch tall or one centimeter tall on the screen that they that they didn't have to do a full body, you know, recreation of the. I'm I'm super hopeful and I'm pretty sure that a Quidditch through the ages film will be released Confirmed. in one of these off years. You heard. Yeah. Off years. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah, this is so geez. off. It's going to be like Star Wars film. tried to do with the Star Wars story. They're going to do with Quidditch Through the Ages. It's going to be the offbeat of uh, Fantastic Beasts. Look, this was probably on the cutting room floor from like Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> um, I did I notice. I hate that you're right. I hate that you're probably very right. I did notice the Quidditch pitch looks like. It does in the first movie. It doesn't look like it was in the later movies. It looks a little more colorful. Mm. Yep. Hey Happier guys, times at Hogwarts. At one oh three, Micah, did you see this? You're going to love this. Uh, yes, Tina- I was going to just talk about that. Oh, then do it, do it, do it. No, no. I, well, okay, because it's actually a sequence I wanted to talk about from about one oh three to one oh six. There's these very rapid scenes that happen, and I think there's probably some importance in there somewhere. At 103, it starts out with Tina actually in the sewers in front of that big family tree we've talked a lot about. And I'm starting to think that this is Credence's hideout, especially now that we've learned that he's kind of on the run. He's trying to learn more about his family. Seems like a place that uh, he would hide out. We also saw in previous trailers uh, Yusuf 
or who we think is Yusuf, standing in front of this tree. So now we actually see Tina in front of it, and it looks like Newt kind of walks in on her. Yeah. Oh, because she stands up and quickly puts something down in the next shot. But you see Newt off to the right. Oh, do you? Yeah. Walking in. Yeah. Oh, isn't that? I thought that was her the whole time. No. Oh. Oh, so it's Newt down there. It's, It's not Tina. Immediately, it's Newt, and then the next shot is her there in front of the writing. So both of those characters are now here. So Yusuf, Tina, and Newt at different times or the same time are hanging around looking at his research. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing Lita Lestrange's name up behind Tina. Yeah. I'm also seeing Credence Barebone and Corvus Lestrange right above Credence. Mm-hmm. There you go. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time talking about those names. They, they're they much, much clearer in, in this trailer than they were yes. in the previous one. Yeah. Um, but moving on. Well, uh, I'm also these... seeing Kevin Steck written on the wall here. <laughs> what does that oh, mean? Yeah. He hacked the trailer. He did Jamie the special effects Lawrence? for this. Oh yeah, look, we're 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 on these uh these walls here. Uh, we may not be influencers, but I'll be damned if we're not uh given some tribute somehow. This reminds uh-huh. me of how you're in uh is it the Hunger Games? No, Divergent. How your yes. name is yeah, because of the Andrew fan S. I, I the... beat Tress. It was very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> What are we going to say, Micah? But at 104, uh, we see, we, we got a shot of this, I think it was in the last trailer, but this is much more expansive of all these buildings that are being draped in this black kind of fabric, it almost looks like. Do yeah. you see it? Yeah. yeah. So we had an idea about this, and you can see the Eiffel Tower in the background, by the way. Oh, I'm forgetting what the theory was, though. Some beast, right, that can drape things or something like that? What, a lethifold, maybe? A oh, lethifold? yes. That these was are, it. These are too big. These are too... It might just be yeah. Grindelwald's thing that he's... It's like... Uh, they look like death shrouds, almost. There's, it's not It's not happy. They don't necessarily look like beasts, even. They're, but they are capable of moving. Maybe they're bewitched to, to move independently i don't know what they're doing spiraling up into the sky at 105 or it could be like a vision because there's another scene with newt and i'm forgetting the time code but he's surrounded oh it's 140 140 and the camera is kind of circling around him for a split second and he looks like he's the buildings around him are in ruins and I saw some speculation that that was a vision being pushed by Grindelwald, getting in a new brain or something like that. Oh my God! There's there's like airplanes coming by and shooting. This is like a world war going on in this. Yeah, show. yeah. But it, so it doesn't. That doesn't seem to be reality to me. No, it definitely looks like a, it looks like it would be the way that you would shoot a vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. And then just after that, uh, there's this shot of Queenie touching a piece of fabric, but it looks like there's a bird symbol on it. And I was wondering what that bird is. Augury? Mm. No, it wouldn't be the Augury. Evil Queenie. Uh, And then it just wraps up right after that with Nicholas Flamel looking completely and utterly bewildered. uh, And it looks like he may join the fight. I mean, that, yeah. it's cool to have a guy who's immortal on your side. 
but what's interesting is that okay so he's talking to claudia kim or sorry nagini or he's like i don't know it looks like nagini is trying to convince him to maybe not go towards grindelwald or something like that so i don't know if it's clear whose side credence is on in this particular shot well not credence nicholas Flamel. oh sorry <laughs> never mind then <laughs> bit of an age gap yes <laughs> i gotta say in general what stood out to me like first impressions was that the effects in this trailer maybe because they're the most complete but maybe also just because it's gonna be good for this movie these are some of the best effects we've seen in harry potter yeah well look um special adv- effects have advanced over the yeah. past decade since the f- last harry potter films were hitting the big screen so there's that um yeah i i would assume warner brothers is probably putting some more money into these because they can't take these for granted as much as they did the harry potter films not to say that they were being cheap with the budgets on harry potter but they know they have to visually pull off some really impressive effects to sell these movies because they can't necessarily lean on books this time really good point but I'm, I'm looking at this flooding that takes place like i don't know if they're at the ministry at like 114 and then the very next scene tina and newt it looks like oh they do meet up are actually I running that was newt's apartment in at 114 oh me... i don't think they're the, it's one of those quick scene changes. oh is that bunty that's probably bunty yeah. i think you're i think you're right i think that's the back of bunty's head bunty's yeah. the girl who's in love with newt everybody the assistant. Oh. The stairs look. You're right, Micah. That the stairs, but these sets are designed to do that. Like the the very fact that these are written as movies, uh, is like J.K. Rowling has like more of an ability to like deliberately write stuff that they then have to go and put like on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. The scope is grander somehow. Yeah. Overall, I was really happy with this trailer. I thought it was more focused than the last trailer. Yeah, that's for sure. I loved the big revelation. (laughs) It's actually kind of interesting that they decided to release that before the movie comes out. So I think we spoke a couple of weeks ago about J.K. Rowling teasing on Twitter that you don't even know half of the things that are coming in this movie. Like, are there going to be more big revelations like that? Let's hope so. Um, but I totally agree. I mean, there's some really great moments in this trailer that we didn't even touch on. The port key moment was great. I wonder if that guy just stands there all the time on that side of the hill and <laughs> they just, you know, people randomly stop by to transport to wherever they're going. That's another job. We were wondering about jobs <laughs> in the wizarding world <laughs> that pays 10 sickles an hour. This guy looks like a Weasley. He's got a little bit of a ginger beard. And there's also a new creature at 1 minute 27 seconds. I'm not sure what that is. I think that might be the creature that they have for the Comic-Con exclusives. I could be wrong. I don't know what the name of it was, but it looked very similar to the Funko prototype that I saw. But I don't know the name of it. Kind of looks like Groot. I was just going to say that. It does look a little bit like Groot. He looks like a tree. <laughs> He's brown. Yeah, yeah. He looks rooty. <laughs> or, or like a bug who is uh, oozing, like an oozing bug. It's either tree sap or or some kind of 
very weird that it would be circling in the middle of the street of Paris. I wonder if Newt's case gets opened again, you guys. No, again. Marvel Wizarding World crossover confirmed. <laughs> yeah. I was also very happy to see Pickett again because I love Pickett. Yeah. The little green guy. I like Pickett him. Is, I know Pickett. Pickett is he great. makes a pretty big cameo on Newt's character poster, kind of oh, sticking yeah. out of Newt's collar, which was cute. I just picked myself up a, um, a Pickett Funko, which I was very happy about. He's currently nice. sitting next to Newt on my bookshelf. Aww. Um, the Maledictus is somebody reaches through a wall and grabs her at 131. And just before that, somebody like walks into a wall and becomes one with the wall. Very weird, but like also very <laughs> promising. Just different styles of magic, things that we're not used to. And that's kind of one of the... Uh, big selling points of the film series for me with Fantastic Beasts is because they're adults doing magic, you're going to see new stuff. You're going to see some of that stuff that Dumbledore was talking about in the cave with the weird, like, feeling the air or tasting or smelling, using your other senses, not just your words, to do magic is going to be one of the big selling points for me. Uh, Definitely. And right after that, probably my favorite moment of the trailer was Newt kind of dangling a little tchotchke off the end of his wand and it somewhat tames the, the Zulu. <laughs> I have it paused on he, his he eyes. He kind of like cocks his head and like looks like a little like a puppy would and yeah. is like instead of being this terrifying beast that's you know destroying the streets of Paris he kind of calms down and that's Newt man. <laughs> that's, that's, that is Newt man. And <sighs> yeah. Well, that might be a good point to end it on. Uh, this has been a very full show with lots of analysis. Thanks, everybody, who's been joining us live. We'll be back next week with more thoughts, but we will also resume chapter by chapter. We're going through Half-Blood Prince currently, having a lot of fun with that, with some new segments. And, um, you know, in addition to chapter by chapter, we're talking about the latest Harry Potter news And I'm sure some more stuff will come out in the days between when this episode is released and when we do our next episode. We didn't really get back to get to feedback from our listeners because we had so much to say. We will try to get to that in our next episode. We're so selfish. (laughs) Well, it's just a lot to talk about. Mailbag, you know, we used to do entire mailbag episodes. Yeah, it can be. I am confident that we missed many a thing in this trailer. So listeners definitely tweet at us and and let us know and and we'll talk about it on the next episode yeah for sure um yeah and a lot of people have been joining us live on patreon tonight so thank you thank you to everybody who has been joining us there we really appreciate your support over at patreon.com slash mugglecast you can join us there and have early access to the episodes you can tune into our live streams and you can sound off as we're recording we incorporated some feedback as we were talking today so thanks to everybody who joined us. And speaking of people who joined us, Laura, thanks for joining us today. It was wonderful to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was super fun. Good. Yeah, and you did great. And we loved hearing your thoughts. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and it sounds like you're knee deep in fandom over there in New York. Oh yes, I'm very excited. It's. I mean, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's. It's definitely taken over my life, but in a very, very good way. So, yeah, of course. You, you mentioned you were cosplaying. Are you doing anything in particular? <gasps> yeah, I'm going to go as the Marauder's Map one day, 
I tried to go as Hermione from the final battle, but the Javits Center is so hot, so my costume might not work this year. But I am going as Eleven from Stranger Things. So. Oh, that's going to be great. With the Marauders map? Yeah, I have a dress from Hot Topic that is of the Marauders map, and I go as it <laughs> oh, every cool. year. And it is like the coolest costume, and I get the most compliments about it. It's literally just a dress from Hot Topic, but it is very, very I have popular. a, uh, I have a mug. Yeah, I have a mug that changes colors. It's pretty cool. Ooh, that's awesome. Of the Marauders map, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. What else do we want? I love how Quizage takes the week off when we don't do chapter <laughs> by chapter. Like, it, there's no other trivia questions out there to ask. <laughs> there's, there's no other. Trivia what questions. is the name of the Maledictus in like a, the Fantastic Beasts film series? Oh, uh, I don't want to get a. I actually don't want to clog up our mentions with easy questions. Actually, <laughs> I may have screwed up the quizzes question last week, so Uh-oh. I'm not. I'm just not confident in my abilities anymore. My, uh, but as a reminder, this if you can answer this question, you absolutely should. Who is in the first train compartment that the trio run into on the Hogwarts Express? I was reading the books when I made this question, so I don't think it's that wrong, but we'll see. We'll just okay. we'll just see. Next week, stay tuned. And also, your Dancing with the Stars update here. Uh, I plan to do it sooner in the show, but this is just where it lands. No, I think uh, it's fine right here. Ivana and Keo. <laughs> I've heard so many statistics I researched now. Ivana and Keo are going on to week two. Uh, oh, one of the, the, the head host, Len... Gave them a five out of ten, and he is now the host that shall not be named, that jerk. Uh, but uh, they get a five, a six, and a seven, which is okay, not great. And uh, they were declared safe on tonight. I actually didn't realize what a commitment this would be. Dancing with the Stars airs twice in a week. Twice. Yeah. Reality twice TV, man. Yeah. It eats up it's, half your life. Big Brother's on like insane. four nights a week. It's insane. Oh, it but insane. Monday nights, uh, everybody, right around 8 p.m., I want you to call a number for me. 1-218-20-MAGIC. Oh, no. That's not the voting line. Ivana and Keo's line is 1-800-868-3405. And you can call up to 13 times to vote for Ivana and Keo. So even if you're not watching along, which what are you doing with yourself if you're not? Vote for Ivana and Keo. I want to see them go further than than Keo's gotten in a while. And is it the same number every week though? It, it is. The, it's their dedicated number until they get eliminated. Okay. And um, I thought she was great last night. I, I watched it. Oh, nice. Did they do? Do you believe in magic? By the Hollies. Was that their song? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that would have been it's awesome. a little well, little on the nose. And they also asked her how many uh, Hogwarts references, Potter references, are they allowed or have they already reached their limit uh, in in the first episode of the season? She said uh, it doesn't bother her at all. She uses them all the time. Yeah. Yvonne is lying. She wants to move on from Harry Potter. She doesn't need references every other sentence to the movie she did years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I know true, she's proud true. of her work, but she doesn't want to be that Harry Potter girl. Who Maybe does if we as an vote, actor? Well, she's one of the few people who hasn't said that yet. But I will say that if we vote for her and she wins Dancing with the Stars, then she'll be known for that. Oh, I thought you were going to say she would give us 20 bucks. 
like part of oh. her winnings. <laughs> yeah, well, we can we can ask more than twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got to split uh, it between a lot of people. But one other thing I I did want to say before we wrap up because I think it was released um, since our last episode was Lethal White, right? Yes. Yes. I started reading it. I did too. Is it good? Yeah. It's good. I mean, I'm okay. only three chapters in, plus the uh, the prologue, but yeah. I, I desperately crazy. have to go to Barnes & Noble, so hopefully next week. <laughs> That's my yeah. plan. <laughs> Non-spoilery, I'm really liking the mystery so far and how it's sort of slowly unfurling. I like it. Cool. Very good. Not there yet. <laughs> no spoilers but are you liking it so far micah yeah yeah there was there was initial payoff to what happened at the the end of the last book it actually happened a lot more quickly than i thought it would mm. and uh i i'm just shocked like i forget this this book is comparable lengthwise to goblet of fire almost right mm-hmm. if yeah not, yeah uh, i i yeah, it's just like this book is huge, and I'm and I open it up and I read it, and I'm like, wow, these these pages are not like Harry Potter, where you know it's kind of easy reading and you can work your way through it. It's like there's a lot of written text in this book. There so, is, you know, the font's smaller than the Harry Potter books. Uh, I think is that what it is. I think that's part of it. You feel better. Well, I, I'm thinking. I I said I would get the Kindle version as well. I haven't done that yet, but I think I'm going to because I'm holding up this book and I feel like I'm working out, I'm holding like ten pound weights. In each hand. <laughs> it's a lot. And, and the covers don't match. I'm very upset. Yeah. That's a whole I'm, other thing. I'm not Why, very this, happy. Because this, one this one's inverted. This one is lethally white. <laughs> I know. But now my covers don't match. I'm very upset. But it's Well, okay. now you got to go buy the, buy the new covers. Because they re-released them. Oh, another oh, did thing they? to buy. They did. <laughs> oh, God. But you know what? I will say the Lethal White cover is growing on me. I hated it at first because I thought it looked like a standard crime novel. And I guess it Which still does. Which is what does, they were going for. Yeah, that's what they yeah. were going for. <laughs> it wasn't by mistake. But I've I've come to like it. I don't know why. I just, I've gotten used to it. All right. So let's wrap it up there. We can discuss Lethal White more in the weeks ahead as we all finish. We'll do it spoiler free, though, because we don't want to upset anybody but needless to say i think jk rowling has done it again between this great trailer this nagini shocker and lethal white we're lucky to have jk rowling in our lives here 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 (laughs) don't forget our website mugglecast.com it's got everything you need pertaining to this show you can download every episode in our archive We've got uh, access to our advertiser deals. You can support us on Patreon, and you can contact us. There's a contact form right there, our voicemail line as well, and a direct email address and links to our social media. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye.